You're listening to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. My name is Peter Fritz, and this show is all about mastering your money, your time, and the best time of your life, your midlife, of course. Welcome back to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. We're on session 39 now and the fourth in the Midlife Mentor series. You might recall that uh, uh, the first three that we've had were Corbett Barr, the CEO and founder or co-founder of Fizzle, fizzle fizzle.co. We then had uh, Ken Fife, who's been my personal mentor for about 22 years now, Uh, quite an incredible guy, now uh, living a very adventurous life as uh, chairman of the board of the company that he helped found and uh, now traveling all over the world. Uh, The next in the series was uh, one of my most revered icons, um, Seth Godin. I've been following Seth for a couple of years, and I've read a lot of his books, and uh, I continue to read his work every single day. Today, we have truly one of my favorite people. Her name is Catherine Rains. And I first met Catherine through Instagram about a year ago, and I've really benefited from her wisdom and her perspective on life ever since. I have to say, in a world full of fakes, Catherine really stands out as a woman of resilience, empathy, and profound talent. And I've come to love and respect her integrity, her bravery, and her generous spirit. So today, in the fourth in the Midlife Mentor series, we're going to look at Catherine's response to the questions that I ask of my favorite midlife mentors. And we're going to cover such things as finding your true calling, uh, collages, the art form that she discovered or rediscovered on overcoming cancer, divorce, and reinventing your life. Catherine did an interview with another dear friend of mine, Steph Crowder, and it was there that I began to understand what a powerhouse she is. In fact, That particular episode on Steph's Courage and Clarity podcast was so well received that Steph gave a non-call run in December 2017. So I really recommend if you can spare an hour, you must listen to it. There's a link to that episode in the corresponding blog post that goes with this session over at midlifetribe.com slash 39. I guarantee it'll be an investment in your happiness and your peace of mind, and it might also help you to discover your true calling. But during her conversation with Steph, she she shared some simple but very profound beliefs. I wrote about what I learned from Catherine in my post, Three Steps to a Meaningful Life. So rather than go back over that, what I would urge you to do is to read that post and look at the headline items that Catherine covered during that discussion. Two things really stood out. Number one, Catherine's belief that everything she resists persists. And number two, maybe maybe this moment is my destiny. And framing her life that way has literally transformed her life in so many ways. Catherine endured hardships that really would see most of us in the fetal position somewhere in a corner of the room. Amongst her many revelations was this unexpected yearning to be an artist. As you'll learn in my interview and the questions that I gave Catherine a little while ago, she's now built a sustainable business with her beautiful art pieces. Even more noteworthy is the loyalty that she now enjoys from a growing band of followers who consume her wisdom on social media almost every day. Catherine's outlook on life really helped her to survive breast cancer and soon after the end of a 31-year relationship with her childhood sweetheart. Catherine not only triumphed, but went on to create a fulfilling and purpose-driven life. She really is a model of midlife reinvention and one of the few people whose lives I most want to emulate. At 58 years of age, I believe that she's a beacon of optimism for anyone who fears that their time has passed, the doors have closed, and the lights have gone off. What's so invigorating is that within minutes of meeting Catherine, you soon realise that she's only just getting started. My greatest regret with this interview, I've got to say, is that we didn't conduct it 
um, as a live podcast episode or over video. In fact, I'm starting to feel this way with all of the midlife mentors that I've interviewed through this series so far, and I think that's going to have to change. Sometime in the future, I'll have to invite Catherine to the microphone, but until then, I'm supremely grateful to her for sharing some of her wisdom in this, the fourth edition of Midlife Mentors. So let's kick it off with the first question. Do you consider yourself middle-aged, and how do you feel about this moniker? I've never really related to this term as I mentally feel as if I'm in my 30s or young 40s, rather than my biological age of 58. My age is simply a number and not a reflection of how old I feel inside emotionally, physically and spiritually. I know that our culture would label me as middle-aged or maybe even as, as a senior, but these labels don't describe who I really am, a vibrant and continually growing soul. Is there something that you loved to do when you were young that you've since rediscovered and embraced in later years? I was always a creative kid, writing stories, putting on plays, and creating all types of crafts. However, I was considered the unartistic one in my family, because I couldn't draw or paint, something that my parents could do very well. When I was 33 years old, and in the middle of a successful and stressful career, I rediscovered my childhood passion for creativity, which eventually led me to find my true calling as an artist. Do you believe middle age, say 40 to 65, is different today than it was for your parents, and if so, how? For my father, middle age started in his early 40s. He thought his best years were behind him, and there was little to look forward to. This way of being is just the opposite of how I feel about this time of my life. My father was stuck in a tragic marriage, my mother was severely mentally ill, and he had two small daughters to raise, mostly by himself. His career was just a way to make ends meet while pursuing all types of art, sculpture, drawing and writing, in his very limited spare time. Eventually, he ended up having multiple affairs as a way to feel alive and loved, but rarely felt fulfilled or happy. Again, all the opposite of the life that I've lived in my 40s and 50s. For me, my 40s were just the glorious beginning of the best years of my life. What was the most challenging aspect of approaching middle age? What fears or concerns did you have? I feel that there is a lot I still want to accomplish, and in a way it seems like I'm rushing against time. I didn't feel this even 10 years ago when I was 48. Back then, I still thought I had my whole life ahead of me. Now, I'm going straight for my dream, and not only being a full-time artist, but someone that inspires others to pursue their deepest heart's desires. Oh yeah, and I'd love to sell a ton of art too, but that is not the ultimate goal, just a lovely byproduct of when it eventually happens. I intend to give a significant portion of my profits to charity, which is something I also would not have considered 10 years ago. Making a difference in the world through my work is my daily intention. At the start of each year, I list the habits, practices and beliefs that I'm going to say yes to and no to next year. As a mentor to other midlifers, what would be some of your yeses and nos? My yeses are, love my husband by being with him. Sleep and wake early, 10 o'clock to bed and 5 o'clock in the morning to wake. Keeping to a daily ritual focused on what matters most. Having at least one woman friend date a week. Create at least four hours of art each day, Monday to Friday. Track all my expenses to ensure a long long and abundant retirement. Eat healthy foods most of the time. Exercise six days a week to be in the best physical shape of my life. Be kind to all around me. 
Be as truthful as I can be in all my interactions, both live and online. Love my two adult nieces with all my heart. Make community building a priority. Be honest about my feelings, both to myself and others that I love. And see the world as a place that serves my highest interests and that of everything around me. As for my nose, that includes watching or reading about current events, especially politics, working a day gig more than 14 weeks a year, friends who take but don't give, participating in negative discussions, buying new clothes, except on rare occasions. What's a tactic that you've used to gain more control over your life? For the past three years, up until I quit my job in December 2017, I followed a very structured daily ritual that integrated my passion for art into my daily life. Prior to this time, I had used my day gig as an excuse for why I had created art, almost no art, sorry, for 10 years. After I quit my job, I restructured my daily schedule to match my new lifestyle, which ironically looks very similar to the one that I followed during the last three years of my full-time job. The big difference is that all the time I devoted to an employer is now focused on growing my art business. Recently, I've been following the philosophy of focusing most of my time on the one thing that is more important than anything else in my art life. This made me look deeply into what was most important now and devote half of every workday on accomplishing this one thing. When this one thing is accomplished, I'll then move on to the next big thing on my list. What's a limiting belief that you've abandoned or reframed in the last 12 months? I've recently realised that I can only focus on one thing at a time. Multitasking and trying to accomplish everything on my list was making me feel like I was always behind. Now I have a list of it would be nice to do as a parking lot to accomplish one day. But the majority of my days are now focused on accomplishing the absolute most important thing on my list, the one thing that would make other things on my list easier or maybe even unnecessary once it's accomplished. What is your dominant cause of anxiety and frustration, and how do you deal with it? My greatest frustration is being disappointed when people in my life don't take responsibility for their own lives. As a super responsible person, someone who will support others who need me even when it's personally inconvenient, I get frustrated when they don't stand up on their own when they could. Setting limits on how much I am willing to support others is a daily lesson for me. How different are your feelings about midlife today versus when you first considered yourself middle-aged? Since I've never considered myself middle-aged, I can't really relate to this question, but I do remember thinking about how my father faced middle age and how differently I've approached it. To me, I have another 20 plus years of productive, income producing, making a difference years ahead of me, and I intend to live each and every one fully. Did you suffer a midlife crisis? How did it show up for you and what helped you to overcome it? My midlife crisis, if you could call it that, began at age 33 when I realised that my stressful career, the one that I was very successful at and had been preparing myself for since college, was actually something I hated. At the same time, I had discovered collage as an art form. I sold my first piece of art and my dream to one day be a full-time artist was born. Developing my artistic skills on the side helped me navigate through this time until I could quit my job for the first time to become a full-time artist in the year 2000. I later returned to work four years later after a couple of life events required me to be employed again. After 12 years back on the job, I left for a second time in December 2017 to once again be a full-time artist. After 40, what event, decision or perceived risk was pivotal for you? 
and how did it manifest and how did you respond? At age 44, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and soon after, my 31-year relationship to my childhood sweetheart fell apart. Rather than feeling like a victim to both of these dramatic events, I learned to say yes to both of them, which taught me how to more effectively live the rest of my life with non-resistance. As a result, I now surrender and accept with gratitude whatever shows up on my path, especially the bad stuff, knowing that it's all for my highest good. What book would you recommend to a person over 40 who wants to reinvent their life and why? The books that have influenced the path to where I now stand are the following. Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer are my all-time favourite books, and I've read both of them multiple times. Both books are all about being present with and surrendering to whatever life gives you, witnessing your thoughts and separating from them as they are, as they are not us, and they are usually not true either. A very close second to these gems is Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which has a very similar message and deeply affected my path all during my 40s. Many midlifers who write to me say that they feel lost, unfulfilled, and shackled by circumstance, often much of their own making. What advice would you offer them? Feeling lost is a sign for me that I need to dive deep inside my soul and profoundly listen to what the sorrow is teaching me. However, rather than leave my current circumstances because I feel miserable, it's always worked best for me to relax into where I am with deep appreciation and acceptance, especially when I don't like the scenery before me. It's only by loving where I currently am that I find a better place to stand. These are the lessons I learned from the teachers in the books I mentioned, as well as from practicing these lessons through cancer and divorce, which eventually led me to live my dream as a full-time artist. Can you think of a way that you've surprised yourself at an age where many people feel set in their ways? Up until the past four months, I've never enjoyed exercise and especially taking exercise classes. When I used to take a workout class, whether it was aerobics, yoga or weightlifting, I would watch the clock the entire time, waiting for my sentence to end. (laughs) As a result, I avoided these types of experiences and stayed in shape by race walking instead. After I left my full-time job, however... A switch flipped in my brain and I suddenly wanted to work my body hard and to get myself into the best physical shape possible. Not that I couldn't do this all on my own with walking and weightlifting, but suddenly this didn't seem enough. Now I'm taking a variety of physical workout classes, from aerobics to weightlifting to kickboxing, and I'm loving every single minute. In spite of not being physically fit to do it all, it's just a matter of time before I'll be able to do everything that the 30-year-olds are doing in my class. And I'm 58. Well, that's the end of the uh, Q&A session with Catherine, but I just want to wrap up with a couple of things about this incredible woman. The internet and social media has given all of us a platform. Each one of us can be a media company if we want to, and because of that, the online world is awash with shallow plagiarists and self-proclaimed experts who simply regurgitate platitudes for mass consumption. So when you find someone as authentic and generous as Catherine, indeed, every mentor featured in this series, it really is refreshing. But more than that, the time you spend with them, whether it's face-to-face or through their work online, it can be transformational. Not in a fuzzy sort of a woo-woo way, but in a practical and meaningful way. Catherine Raines, I believe, is proof positive that we can each reinvent our lives, not despite our challenges, but actually through them. More often than not, our true calling is not something to find, but rather something to acknowledge. Something that's already right in front of us. 
Now, we're not here for long. We all know this. So it's up to us to decide how we want to move through this experience called life. It's my hope that each installment of Midlife Mentors encourages you to step back a bit and to look at what you're doing, to examine how you're thinking, and to see that your life, yes, your life, can be an exciting adventure. So please, I just want to remind you, if you haven't done it already, listen to Catherine on Steph's podcast and read the post about what I learned from Catherine following that conversation. Like I said, you'll find the links for these in the corresponding blog post at midlifetribe.com slash 39. And what you'll discover is a woman of immense insight, coupled with a practical apply it tomorrow approach to life. I really feel blessed to have met Catherine and I look forward to following her journey and hopefully one day giving her a well-deserved hug. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Thanks again for listening into the Midlife Mastery Podcast. I love having you here. I love doing this show. And I mentioned a little while ago that I'm probably going to start experimenting with video. I haven't quite uh, grown the balls yet to do it. Uh, I'm not far off. <laughs> I've, I've got the gear and I've got the lighting and I've got the sort of setup in my little cinema here, how I'm going to do it. I don't expect it's going to be particularly flash to begin with, but I'm certainly prepared to have a crack at it. And I, I think it's something that I need to do. So Hopefully soon, within the next few episodes, I'll start recording these on video as well. And then you can listen to these and watch these on YouTube. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Until then, um, if you haven't already got yourself a copy, make sure you grab 15 Ideas for Midlife Mastery over at the uh, Midlife Tribe website. Just go to midlifetribe.com slash 15 ideas. It's free, it's practical, it's useful. And as the title suggests, it contains 15 different ideas for reinventing your midlife. Thanks again for hanging out with me. Here's to mastering your midlife. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.